Good morning, everybody. It's Friday morning, and guess what's coming up the weekend? But no, we don't go there yet, because we still got today to live, today, today to make the most of. We always do that, don't we? We get a Friday, and we're like, yes, yeah, weekend, and we just we just want to rush through the day to get to the, the end of the day, to get to Saturday, and then it gets to Sunday, and you wish it wasn't Sunday, you wish it, oh, you know what I mean? Vicious circle. Um, but... I'll be working on a, on a book. I don't know if I'm going to publish it as a as an actual book or as an e-book or whatever on 121 health and fitness myths debunked and really looking into loads of studies on each of the myths and seeing what's for and what's against them. And um, I've looked through it, I've created it, I've looked at Dr. Paul, looked through it, other researchers looked through it. And really what we're trying to do is get all the data and these myths, right, what people think, so... You know, the first myth is low carb is best for uh, best for weight loss, right? Now, when we look at this myth, we need to understand what they mean by weight loss because most people mean by weight loss, fat loss. They're different things, but in general, over time, if you do lose fat, you're going to lose weight. But if we were to define it as low carb is the best for fat loss, it 100% is not true. So many studies show it's not true. If calories and protein are the same, it doesn't matter where your calories come from, fat or carbs. However... Low carb does mean you're going to lose more weight in the short term because you have a big drop in water uh, retention. So one gram of carb has pulls in three grams of water and these are stored in your muscles and your liver across the body. So as you can imagine, we're 60% water, we've got more carbs, we're pulling in more water, we're going to be heavier in, a, in weight, but water brings in electrolytes and all these goodies that were muscles needs and it's not a bad thing. So low carb diets result in more weight loss but not more fat loss and if we can get over the fact that that weight loss is irrelevant to us because we're only after the fat loss it loses its power for people who still don't understand okay well there's research behind it there's research to show it you lose more weight in the short term but fat mass is the same so kind you can see where this study gets this kind of pull from right and you can see how some of the authors and books use it all the time and it is flawed to say it is better for fat loss because it's not and it's actually shown in the studies we looked into that lower carb which is considered 20 grams or less in some of these studies which is totally unrealistic that's literally less than a pair and i need a pair a day you know i need one pair a day and if i don't have one pair of day i'm gonna have to go under 20 grams of carbs and i have to cut that pair into three fourths and i'm not doing it you know i'm not doing it guys i'm having that pair like and this this they want they want you to stick on this terribly low and it's, it's worse for your sleep it's worse for your energy levels it's going to be worse for your workouts think of carbs as energy replace the word carb for energy it makes more sense so there is no best diet guys we're trying to tell you there is no diet we need to follow we hit the word protein total calories over the week so you can go up and down whatever days here and there it doesn't matter it's done and at the end of the week what's your averages looking like your average calorie intake your average protein intake average steps so we near about our goals happy days it means we can go up and down you know, that's it. Like I say, that game of Tetris, you know, you're fitting in the calves, you're fat there. And uh, be your own scientist. You might say, you know what? I'm eating 150 grams of carbs a day. And you might be like, you know what? What if I ate 220 grams of carbs on a day I do a big workout? And I ate those carbs before and after my workout. And I did that for a few weeks. How would that change me? And you might be like, well, let me do an experiment and see if I got better workouts and I get more carbs. You know, you're free to do these things. You're not ch chained to to methods. You are free to discover, you know, if you put your carbs up and you, you'll automatically put your fats down. So you're still within the parameters of your goal, which is fat loss, but you can tweak and play about. 
it's up to you guys, you know, and I think that's the magic of it. Um, let's have a look at a few more. Eating small but frequent meals increases metabolism. Not true. Where did that come from? Well, a study in the 1960s is where that came from. Uh, they showed smaller frequent meals were better for maintaining a lower weight. And it's just not true. They basically talk about the thermic effect of food. Obviously, when we eat food, our metabolic rate goes up because we need to digest it. And the bigger the meal, the bigger the thermic effect. The smaller the meal, the smaller the thermic effect. So what matters is how big, how many calories are we trying to digest a day and actually protein has a larger thermic effect than carbs and fats so higher the protein the better really because you know you have 100 calories of protein trying to get through and it goes you know what we need a bit more to digest this protein and it'll net it'll, it'll require 30 calories out of out of the 100 to even digest it so that's why higher protein diets we can go higher we can go over it's hard for protein to really convert to fat it's a long process uh and it's got a higher thermic effect of food. So, you know, there is no difference, guys. Studies in it, and really good studies in this, and there's no difference in um, in fat. Also, don't panic about it. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. I've, I've covered that before. I've covered that in depth in this. There's so much research on it. Kellogg's, I'll fight you. Like, literally, one-on-one, let's go. <laughs> I like your cereal, but let's go. Let's have a scrap. Um, eating after 6 p.m. makes you fat. You know, this is an interesting one, okay, because eating after 6 p.m. doesn't make you fat. But what the studies do show is that some people, if you do, you know, some kind of intermittent fasting or whatever, you have less hours per day to eat, you eat less calories. I mean, it's not rocket science, but it's not. it doesn't mean it works for everybody. So to say eating after 6 p.m. makes you fat is not true, but it could be true to say you might be someone who, if you eat after 6 p.m., you tend to snack more and eat more, and then you go over your macros or your calories and you might gain weight right? So some people might find it easier to go, when it gets to 6pm, I'm going to have my last meal and that's it. And then there's no thinking about it. And think about that for a second. Why does it work? Because there's no more conflict afterwards. But it might be. But then they go, 6 is the last time and that's over. But we call this all day. You know, we're not fighting food, guys. We're not fighting food every day. We see it. We see an Oreo cookie. We look at it. Hello. What's up? What are you doing? You know, who's in control? Me or you? Me, mate. Not you. You want to eat me though, whatever. You know, like where are the ones in control? So it might work for you, might not. Again, you're your own scientist, guys. Hit your macros and calories. You might prefer to have more of your allowance in the in the start of your day. Some of you might prefer to save macros for the evening, like me. That's what I prefer. You know, I just watch Wales win in this in this in the semi final, going through to the next next round to go to get into the football world cup. I know you all care and love about it, obviously. And I had a Halo Top ice cream. I had mango and I had some grapes, you know, and I loved it. Every second of that ice cream and fruit, I loved it. It was in my macros and I wanted it, you know. Uh, and I'm not going to have some magic carb demons storing fat in me tonight because I've hit my macros well. I'm feeling good, you know. Did I just say you know about 100 times? I think I did. Might be a new thing. Uh, let's have a look here. Yeah, eating fat, um, eating, dietary fat can't make you fat. So in 2012, in a 2012 study, those who ate high-fat diets had a much faster metabolism. Low-fat, high-carb diets spiked insulin, subsequently slowing their metabolism, storing belly fat. That's what this is what this study is showing, right? The higher-fat group had a faster metabolism, even eating the same amount of calories. A 2013 study compared high-fat, low-carb diets with high-carb, low-fat diets in a controlled feeding study, where in the researchers provide all the food. The results concluded the higher-fat group did better. In contrast, 
Restricting dietary fat led to body fat loss at the rate of 68% higher than cutting the same number of carbohydrate calories when adults with obesity ate strictly controlled diets. Carb restriction lowered production of the fat regulation hormone insulin and increased fat burning as expected, whereas fat restriction had no observed changes in insulin production and fat burning. Okay, so we're looking at this. So some people believe as long as you keep your insulin levels low, I'm just saying the lead up, you can't gain fat, but that's wrong, right? So they've gone from that, those few studies, and gone, right, if you, it's insulin's a problem, and if you keep insulin low, you can't gain fat. But it's because insulin is released after wheat carbohydrates and increases the storage of carbs and fat. However, your body can store fat without the presence of insulin, without the presence of insulin, which is why an energy excess, even from fat alone, will still be as, as you know, quote-unquote fattening as calorie surplus from carbs. Right, so multiple studies have shown that for weight loss, neither low fat nor low carb is superior, as I mentioned, mentioned earlier. So I think it's important to know where these come from, right? So you can see the logical steps they're trying to make. We've studied here, high fat, a bit better than this, but they weren't looking at protein, total calories, and then they were like, well, it's the insulin's fault because high fat, low carb means, and then they, they deduct from that that carbs is a problem, but actually it's not. You know, it's not the problem, and it, it it's never been the problem. And people think that they demonize things. You know, they demonize sugar today, they'll demonize fat tomorrow, they'll demonize protein the next year, and it's always demonizing something. And you have to wonder where the demonization comes from. You know, who's pushing that narrative? Where's it coming from? What's been trying to, what kind of industry products are trying to be sold now? Remember, gluten free stuff was huge, but you know, it's still quite picking up. But remember that, the gluten free thing where everybody, like even tennis people, like, I'm gluten free. There's only a small percentage of people who are gluten intolerant. The rest of us are fine to have gluten. But there was a part where everything was gluten-free. It was nuts. And people are spending loads of money on gluten-free stuff. Kind of gone off now. High protein is the rage now. when it's probably a bit of a better better trend. Um, but yeah, it's mad, isn't it? What, uh, what gets pushed on us. Let's have a look at a few more then, guys. So overweight people have a slower metabolism. This is what people think, right? This is a myth. It's actually a myth. So... In 1999, a study by the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition conducted a meta or a meta analysis of 12 studies on the resting metabolic rate consisting of 124 formerly obese and 121 control subjects. The researchers found out that formerly obese subjects had a 3 to 5% lower resting metabolic rate than control subjects. Okay, so research from the formerly obese. Thus, the existence of a low uh, resting metabolic rate is likely to contribute to the higher rate of weight regain in formerly obese persons. In addition to that, the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition found that the resting metabolic rate, so the amount of calories you just need to survive, for a given body composition is 8% lower amongst post-obese than amongst never-obese control subjects. And we spoke about this in a podcast the other day, right? This um, energy uh, compensation so the previous study showed that formerly obese people have a 3 to 8% lower metabolic rate on average than those who have had never been obese. In contrast, obesity is associated with higher metabolic rate based on a 2013 study, right? Now, they only looked at base metabolic rate in the first part of this. So base metabolic rate is 60% of your total daily energy expenditure. So bear that in mind, right? And looking at other studies, the International Journal of Obesity published a 2013 study concluding that high body weight in obese individuals leads to a high total daily energy expenditure. So 
you know, when we're looking at it in total, the more weight you're carrying around, the more energy you're going to burn, you know? Um, you know, you need, you know, when you do walk and stuff like that, you're going to burn more calories. And when you do training, you're going to burn more calories, you know? And I think overall, when we look at it, the more you weigh, the higher your, your, the, the higher your total daily energy expenditure is going to be, you know? And I think people say, well, I've got a high... I'm overweight or obese and I've got a slow metabolism, it's harder for me to lose weight. It's not it's not tech, it's not true that that is the case, but it is true that if you did a high amount of exercise, lost a lot of weight, that your the metabolic adaption occurs. So when you do look at it again, you might have a lower maintenance than it would have been predicted. Okay, that's possible. But it doesn't mean flat out that just because you are overweight or obese, you've got a slower metabolic rate. I think it's a, it's a, it's something we've been told for years, and it's like a kind of a convenient excuse to be like, well, you know what, I gain weight easier. And it, look, it doesn't matter if someone else gains weight easier than you or someone, you know, a, a common like cognitive like um, distortion people say is like in university, people go, oh, well, my mate, you know, he's so skinny and he eats so much food, and I go. <laughs> Do you see him every ninety nine percent of the day? Yeah, they go. No, I see him eat. I've seen him eat like two Domino's in in one in one go. I go. That could be the only thing that person eats that day. That could be the only thing that person eats over two days. You know, for you truly to understand people's behaviours and what they eat and the actual reality of it, you don't want to be with them all day because you'll be surprised what you see a slither of people's behaviour. They can show you whatever they want to show you. So don't fall for the traps that. Well, she's only eating, you know, you might find someone, but, well, she's only eating like 800 calories a day, she's not losing weight. She's not eating 800 calories a day, you know? That's the truth of the matter. You know, we have to abide by the laws of physics, guys, and that's it, that is, that is it. And that's not to say it's, hard, it's easier, it's different for people to lose weight or whatever, it is different. There's a lot of things that go into it. Emotional eating, stress eating, you know, how, you know, how many steps do we get in a day? You know, education, food choices. Um, there's a lot of stuff that it will, it will impact how easy it is for someone to lose weight versus someone else. But it doesn't matter if someone, you know, what matters is us finding our own maintenance level and our own deficit level. You know, and the calculations might not be 100% accurate, but that's why our app will automatically adjust anyway. So you don't have to worry about this type of stuff most people worry about. They've got to be like, so this calculation is going to give me this, but it might be wrong. So what do I do? It doesn't matter we go with our calculation is usually quite accurate and if it's not we tweak and we tweak and we tweak based on your actual data no one else's this is the beauty look at yourself only f everyone else you know who cares okay you 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 claim to have one meal a day and you're not and you're not losing you're not losing weight okay happy days you know put your true data into an app and see what happens you know i keep saying guys i keep saying you know it's doing my head and oh my god i've seen it too many times um so yeah, that's a little talk about that. Let me get one more myth. There's loads here, but let me see if one I haven't spoke about before. Um, little, oh, do you remember the you can turn fat into muscle myth? Oh my days, I remember that one. It's not true, guys. It's not true. Just let you know. Um, oh, there's so many. I can't wait to release this. So should I do a front cover? What should I do as a front cover? If you're listening, Dean Lake, me, me punching you in the face, maybe that'll be a good cover, won't it? Um, Fruit is bad for you. That's a myth that's going around. Oh, yeah, here's a good one. You can't drink alcohol if you're going to lose weight, okay? 
There's actually a study done on um, on alcohol intake as long, and it was two pints a day for men, one pint a day for women, and I found that there was no no um, what's the word? No difference. No, not difference. Guys, I've lost how to speak. Uh, basically, the performance. Sorry, <laughs> performance was not hampered, um, and fat loss was not hampered. Um, after doing two pints a day over the week when calories were equated. So, you know, and then I think, for, oh my God, I did it again. Uh, women were having one pint, I think it was. It was a one unit, something like that, per, per day, by the way. So there was no um, there was no negative consequences in the, in the fitness goals and stuff like that. I think when you look at research on alcohol, it's when we consume a huge amount in one go, like the binge drinking side of things, when it, the body really struggles and it can't get through it enough as toxin. But if it's like a small amount each day, within your calories and macro allowance, there's no impact, you know? But, oh my God. Oh my God, i got a problem. Um, do I do that every podcast, guys? Can you let me know? But saying that, you have to, again, you have to know who you are. Because if you think, I'll have two or three drinks, I'll be fine, and leave it out, but you never do, we have to look at that. But if you say, I can have two or three drinks, that's fine. Then have two or three drinks, and that's that. Remember yesterday, I had two or three drinks, full stop. Happy days. You know? Ah! <laughs> oh, my days. i got to go, guys. I've got a problem. Um, but that's it. I'll share this when it's out. There's so many, and I don't want to bore you too many myths today, because it is Friday. I hope you're having a lovely walk. And I want to thank everybody for leaving the reviews on Trustpilot and stuff. Shows the true nature of a business. You know, because people just go on those websites and and do bad reviews and actually doesn't show the truth. And I hate playing the game. I hate how the companies rope you in and force you to use them. You know, they put you, they create a page for you without authorization. Um, so thank you for showing the true nature of Turtle. And I hope you've all had an amazing uh, week. Some of you are finishing week eight of the Octagon Challenge. Some of you are first week after doing the 14-day masterclass. Some of you are listening and you probably just bought one of the other plans, and that's fine. Um, and, you know, we're going into a new month soon. We're going into April, spring. Don't feel pressure. I'm telling you, you're going to be hit with adverts from Weight Watchers, Slimming World. I actually downloaded Weight Watchers yesterday to see how terrible it was. And I'm telling you, it's terrible. Ooh, they got a fancy new app. Ooh, they got some live chats with Oprah. They create this unique point system that's got a unique algorithm, they claim. Right? And I had a... What did I have? One of those um, low-calorie milk chocolate rice cakes. And I said it was four points. And I was, what the... What do you mean? Four points? What is the four points made up of? You're not telling me. And then I'd put in a workout and it'd give me four points back. And I was like, oh my God. And I said, drink water, get a point. I was like, oh my God, why am I getting points for drinking water? Then it told me my free unlimited foods were potatoes, fruit, like potatoes and fruit, high carbs, decent amount of calories. I can have as many of them as I want. And then I can just go and work out and gain more points. So if I do eat too many points, I can just go and work myself to the death to get more points and then I'll feel better about it but actually the system still hasn't told me what the hell is going on in my body nutritionally it's giving me this nonsense point based system that doesn't make sense don't fall for it guys it's an absolute joke um, I used to be like you know what they're trying to help people I was like you know what they're trying to help people one of my members said the original owner sold the business in the 70s for millions 
and it's now probably run by massive corporate conglomerates who don't care about you. They just care about metrics, more profits, more users. That's all they care about. Like, do you think these people actually care? The businesses are so big, they're dead inside. They're just cogs at this point. And uh, it is actually nuts what they actually sell. And it's 95 quid for six months. So it's like three times the price of our annual app membership. And you don't speak to a human being, basically. They claim you have a live with someone, but I don't know what the live is. It was like a live listening or was a live you know, webinar where you can't talk or whatever. But yeah, be aware, guys. Those ads are coming. Hopefully you're all fortified. You're fu- mate. What quote I love? No quote I love. I need to get up for you because I love it. I love it so much. Hold on. You'll have to wait for me to find there. Uh. Oh. Where is it? Ah, here we go. This quote, and it's absolutely bang on. This is quote, and I'm going to leave you on this quote today. Fortify yourself with moderation, for this is an impenetrable fortress. Say it again. Fortify yourself with moderation, for this is an impenetrable fortress. And it just is, you know. If you're moderate, tracking your macros, moderate with your drinking and all stuff, that fortress you build around you, you're not getting pulled to the extremes. Impenetrable. Doesn't budge. Not getting moved. You are just cracking on with your day. And I love it. Moderation is a ancient wisdom advice and I'll say it all the time in this podcast and I think we need to fortify ourselves in moderation in many things that we do and if we do that those companies got a, ain't got a chance in sucking us in Weight Watchers come at me you know send me all the emails you want do we want you, I won't even unsubscribe I'll just I'll just read them and not go through I'll click them as well annoy you as well so I'll click them you know I'll click them I'm not buying you know you're going to see all these uh, emails and can you not let the, you know, watch your thoughts because it'll go, ooh, that sounds good to lose all this weight. Well, let's just look at it. But for me, like I said before, when you see the fakeness, the fraudness of something, like seeing fake money when you thought it was real, there is no more interest in that thing. It is now finished. You see fake money, you thought it was real, it's not, you realize it's fake, you don't want to touch it. That's how I see the Weight Watchers, Slimming World, all these other people. You see the fraud, the, the fakeness of it. It's not actual truth finished we are no longer getting pulled in by it but guys i've rambled on for 22 minutes for you hopefully you've enjoyed well done another good week let's bring it back to today what's your one big thing commit to less complete more remember that don't do too much today don't think about completing a 12-week program or i gotta do this and i gotta do that get your steps in track your macros do something if you haven't done a workout all week and you're feeling pressured by it for some reason leave that go and just go and do it today simple as and just do something today. You're one big thing and you'll be grateful for it. So guys, I will see you on Monday and I'll see some of you on the radio later on.